this may not be what the creators intended, but like it can't be an accident that this is in there. Look, I remember it fondly because it had dinosaurs, <laughs> but I remember it unfondly for every other reason. The Black Donnelly's is pure gold, and you guys are wrong. Joey Ice Cream uh, for president. I'm just saying that selfie belongs in the Criterion Collection. Is it working? Uh, <laughs> no. Never, never has anything worked for me in my life, Ronnie. <laughs> Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. I'm the perfect name for a frog, and I'm Evan. I'm... Oh, no, this... I didn't think about it. Let's let's be honest. I'm listening to Midnight's <laughs> all, all around the clock. I didn't have time to think of anything to say clever here. Um, you just managed to squeeze some over the garden wall in between your your swift content yes yeah. yes hi it's me i'm the problem it's me and i'm ronnie <laughs> if you can tell by those very straightforward introductions ending pending is a podcast where we discuss television shows which have only lasted for a single season except for when we break our format and cover a mini series and we're covering cartoon networks over the garden wall but before we get into that i have a bit for us I'm waiting eagerly for the bit. Ready to receive the bit. What's the bit? Tell me a rock fact. Oh. Oh. Mm. I didn't think it'd be that hard. Uh, Did well, you know that to... until 1982, all close-up magicians had to get licensed by the Wizards Council of Switzerland? It's a rock fact! <laughs> is that is that true, or is that a made-up fact? Aren't they all made-up facts? Well, I thought that they were, but I was uh, like... No, I wanted a real rock fact. No, I think all the rock facts are made up. No, but I want a real rock fact. Ronnie, yours, sounded, fact. yours was good because it sounded like it could be true. Like, that was pretty good. I was, yeah. I was pretty. That's why I had to ask. I was like, "Wait, is that?" I don't think that had anything to do rock with rocks, fact? though. No, the rock facts don't have anything to do with rocks. They're just made up facts. No, but I want a fact about a rock. Tell me something Ugh. about a rock. There's, there's, um, Andy. I'm sure you're aware, but there is a field in Upper Bucks County that is just a bunch of giant boulders that, for some reason, when you hit them with a hammer, they ring. They make a make a dingaling sound. Oh, that's fun. That is fun. Yeah, it's called ringing rocks. Have you not been, Andy? Uh, I think the missions team I went uh I went to Mexico with did a team building day there, and like mm -hmm. everyone sprained their ankles. Sure. Yeah. No. <laughs> it is. It is. I uh, I made the mistake of bringing my child with me. Uh, and so trying to uh, bound across these rocks with a child in one hand and, and multiple hammers in the other was uh, foolhardy at best. But they do make a fun dingling sound. So that's <laughs> it's as, as advertised. Do you want me to go while you think? Yeah. Okay. So. House Dane in Westeros has a famous legendary sword called Dawn. And only the best fighters in House Dane are allowed to wield it. And if you wield it, you're called the Sword of the Morning. Uh, the most famous one being Sir Ar Arthur Dane, who died during Robert's Rebellion. 
uh, to Ned Stark and Howland Reed. One would think that this sword being a legendary sword and being in Westeros, that it would be Valyrian steel. But it's not. It is the only, like, named legendary sword in A Song of Ice and Fire that is not Valyrian steel. It was forged from a meteorite. That's a rock fact. Is that true, though? It's accurate to the books. Uh, <laughs> sad, sad, sadly, we don't live in Westeros. Actually, not sadly. That's a pretty good thing. Yeah, that would be yeah. pretty good. It would There's suck. a lot of bad things. There's a lot of good things there, too, though. I mean, Ober and Martell is there. <laughs> uh, the castle piece in chess can uh, only go in a single file line, either uh, forward or left or right. That's a rook fact. Oh! <laughs> oh, Sorry, I got it confused. I got it mixed up. Mm, mm, yeah. My 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 vowel Oopsie, sounds a little got blunder. all simple. Dick is a nickname for Richard. That's a Rick fact. There you go. That's now we're having fun with it. Um I can't think of any facts that aren't real, guys. I only have real facts. No, I gave a real yeah. fact. Give a real fact. Talk give about a rocks. real fact about rocks. Oh, give this a rock fact. A rock fact? A real fact about rocks? Yeah, that's what I did. All the real things I know, though, are fictional, so... Ronnie that's talked fair. about the ringing rocks. Guys, this is real hard. I feel put on the spot to come up with a you rock You love fact. rocks, though. You've got yeah, so you know many so crystals much shit in about rocks. rocks. I thought this was a, was a layup. <laughs> oh, uh, I've got one. I've got one. Uh, malachite, which is a green stone, is uh, toxic to people. Oh, don't lick malachite. Don't lick it. I mean, you'd have to eat a lot for it to actually do you harm, but don't lick it. It's got uh, it's green because of copper. Also, it's got a lot of copper in it. Isn't copper good for you? You need a tiny little bit of copper, but if you have too much, it can be bad for you. I've never give... thought that copper is good for you. Is copper good for you? Yeah, old-timey doctors used to make people uh, eat, eat copper to get the ghosts out of them. I don't think that's a thing. You do need... Uh, so, like, copper is a micronutrient that you do need. Like, you need a tiny little itsy-bitsy, teeny-weeny bit of copper to to for your body to function, but it's so small. You don't need to consume copper. Like, you just get it through normal existing and being in the world. You don't need to. Is that like iron? Like, I know you need iron levels, but I've never oh, you heard need like... A, you need quite a bit of iron. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you need you need a, you need need enough iron that, like, you, you occasionally might need to supplement your diet with more iron. That's mm. why your blood works. Yeah. Your, that's that's when they say uh, your blood carries oxygen. It's, uh, it's the iron in your blood that oxidizes and then carries the blood to other parts of your body, and then it drops off that little oxygen and then goes back for some more. That's a rock fact. That's a rock fact. <laughs> you kind of backed into a rock fact. I did. I did kind of back... Information about iron. Yeah. Uh, that's that's what a I mean. mineral I only, fact. I only know uh, facts that are true. Uh, all the fake facts. You know the fake fact that I hate the most? About rocks or just a just fact in general? In general? Just in general. Sure. What? The thing where they say you only use 10% of your brain? Yeah, that's annoying. So stupid. I've had so many arguments with people about this. That You use 100% of your brain, everyone. You use Whoa. every bit of it. That's, that's why it's there. 
that's not true. What are you talking Everyone about? knows that we used 100% of our brain before the fall of man when Adam and Eve ate from the gar- the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And mm-hmm. since mm-hmm. that happened, uh, we now only use 10% of our brain. Because Adam and Eve used to be able to walk and talk with God and they understood, you know, Yahweh in a way that we can't comprehend. Is that a thing that Christians actually say? That was a very popular bit of evangelical uh, talking uh, points you, in the in the early 2000s when this 10% of your brain thing, ladies I think, and got real big. and non-binary friends um, and all others, um, you use 100% of your brain. That's why your brain uses about 30% of the calories you consume. It's working so hard all of the time. It is working so hard. Your brain is functioning all the, like, not every single... What about when you sleep, huh? Checkmate. Your brain's very active when you're asleep, actually. You dream when you're sleeping. Well, not all That is a thing that brains famously do. Yeah. Brains are very active when you sleep, yeah. Oh, okay. So we used 100% of our brains before the fall, and then we ate from the tree of knowledge... And now we only use ten percent. I know it's a punishment. It was the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Okay. So, like, I guess that, like, comprehending morality broke Adam and broke humanity's brain. I mean, I get it. Morality, (laughs) trying to understand morality and the ways of the world, it breaks my brain sometimes too. When I think about it too hard, they were like, "Oh shit, we're naked. We're real horny now. Brain, brain no longer works good. (laughs) Brain broke." Brain, brain no good. Relatable. No good. I also, my brain also no work good when I'm very horny. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. those Jason Momoa fishing pictures really done broke my brain. Mm-hmm. The gay ones know what I'm talking about. What's up, listeners? <laughs> um, Let's talk about this show. Yeah. Th- that was a rock fact bit. That was Thanks a for rock the rock facts, fact. everyone. Yeah. Yeah, that was, good. that was a good bit. I'm good at coming up with bits. It's great. It's very I kind of kind of wasn't exactly sure what the what the premise was or what the the uh, assignment was, but we got there. It was a winding road of content, right? A gravel road, if you will, made of rock. Yeah, rock fact. Um, yeah, like we said, we were watching over the garden wall. We finished watching over the garden wall. Yeah. We watched two episodes. To uh to bring this baby uh home to pasture, um, Evan, what was, what happened in these two episodes of Over the Garden Wall? Um, so in these two episodes, I'm pulling up the things so I know what they're called. Uh, episode nine is called Into the Unknown. And Into the Unknown. And it is Into the Unknown. Sorry. Is this another Frozen Kelly 2? My Frozen, my Frozen 2 with friends out there know what I'm talking about. Haven't seen Frozen 2. Uh, that's a rock. Fact. Arguably way better than Frozen 1. Okay. I didn't care about Frozen 1. I, I saw Frozen 1 and I was like... Just check out Frozen 2. Is, maybe maybe might warm sure, up for you. Yeah. I was like, this sure is a Disney movie. Um, anyway, <laughs> episode 9 is called Into the Unknown and it's a flashback episode and it is revealed that uh, Wirt and Greg are two modern kids living in a modern suburb. And they've got modern little kid problems, like Wirt has made a mixtape for a girl he has a crush on, and he uh, 
has decided never to give it to her because he's too embarrassed by it because it's got his clarinet and his poetry on it. Yeah, and- this is a very this is, you you undersell it with mixtape as if this is just like you know uh, the used singing baby. No, this is this is some performative art artistry. Sure, he made like he he uh, he, he made cut her a, a demo. He's he ma- like, hey, he do, made you, a mixtape. Do you know anyone who works in the industry? He made a mixtape from scratch. Is what yeah. he did. Uh, he made all the music himself, uh, and he read poetry about how he liked Sarah. Apparently, um, so he's he's agonizing about giving this tape to Sarah, and decides never to give the tape to Sarah. And Greg is like, uh, "I'm I'm gonna make sure that Sarah gets the tape because I love you, Wirt, and I want you to be happy." Um, and he gives it to some girls from the school. And they kind of tease Wirt a little bit, and they tell him, like, oh, well, she doesn't like you. She likes Jason Fundeberger, who's going to ask her out tonight, which is Halloween, by the way. They're wearing, Wirt and Greg are wearing costumes because it's Halloween. Um, so uh, Wirt panics because, according to Wirt, Jason Fundeberger is the perfect man, the ideal specimen, <laughs> the, the best boy that any girl could ever get um so he's he's like freaking out because obviously like obviously sarah's gonna pick jason fundeberger over him uh but he's he's gotta get the tape back he's he's gotta follow them and get the tape back because it can't fall into sarah's hands so they end up at a little party and then the kids at the party go to a graveyard and uh, Wirt and Greg follow them there because Wirt's still desperate to get the tape back. And uh, there's some cops driving around being like annoying children. Like there's some cops that are like, <coughs> pardon me, I'm allergic to pigs. Um, there's some cops driving around, annoying children, like, hey, you're under arrest. Haha, <laughs> just kidding. Happy Halloween. Um, and the so the cops find them in the graveyard and they're like, hey, you're under arrest. And they're about to be like, haha, just kidding. But the kids panic and run. And uh, Greg and Wirt uh, uh, tumble over a wall and across a train track. And they're st- scrambling around in the darkness uh and they are both knocked unconscious and uh Wirt's like the the transition back to the present moment is Wirt wakes up in a hollow tree full of bluebirds who are uh Beatrice's family and he tells them that he has to go and save Greg uh episode 10 uh Greg is performing uh, the 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 beast who we know only as a sort of dark silhouette with spooky horns and a spooky voice. Uh the beast is using some uh classic fairy tale trickery to get Greg to sit out in the woods and uh, like not seek help or shelter. He's like you got to put the sun in this cup. You got to wait for the sun to set in the, got to put the cup. So um, the beast has coerced Greg into basically like staying in the woods out in the cold. 
and uh, Greg starts to turn into one of the the Edelwood trees that the huntsman uh, grinds up for fuel for his lantern. Um, and the beast then goes and fetches the woodsman and says, look, I have, I've made a new tree for you. Heard you were running short on trees. I've turned this little boy into a tree. And the woodsman's very upset because until recently he did not know that the Edelwood trees were made out of people who got lost in the woods. And so he refuses to, uh, harvest Greg. Uh, he, he's like, I'm not going to work for you anymore, Beast. I don't care that my daughter's soul is in this lantern and will uh, be destroyed if I don't feed it people anymore. Uh, you're you're going to, you're, you're just going to have to, like, let my daughter die, which is terribly sad. Um, so, uh, Greg, uh, with the help of Beatrice, uh, finds Greg, who is, like, partially, he's got, the tree is beginning to consume him, uh, and Wirt tries to, like, snap him out of his stupor and, like, convince him that the, like, they're gonna get home after all and it's all gonna be okay, uh, but Greg is looking pretty, pretty weak because he's started to transform into a tree, and the beast turns up and says, hey, Wirt, uh, good news, I can save Greg. Don't worry. All you have to do is become my lantern bearer now. I'm going to put Greg's soul into the lantern because he's too weak to come with you. Uh, but you can keep him alive forever. All you got to do is carry the lantern and uh, keep feeding it trees. And uh, Wirt initially agrees, but then, like decides that actually this is this is a terrible idea and this is a terrible thing and he starts thinking about why the beast wants this lantern lit so bad and he posits that it's almost like the beast's soul is actually in the lantern um so uh the the so greg extinguishes the lantern and the beast dies uh and he rescues Greg, and he, uh, gives Beatrice the scissors to, uh, turn her and her family back into people, um, and they wake up in the hospital, and, uh, Sarah's like, oh, hey, Wirt, I found this cassette tape in my pocket, but I don't have a tape player, and Wirt, Having been through a, a hero's journey and having gained confidence in himself, instead of saying, oh, too bad, I will just take that back, never mind, he says, you can come over to my house and listen to the tape. Um, and presumably they do. And then we get a cute flashback of everybody in the the little uh, over-the-garden-wall un unknown realm uh and how they're they're going about their lives now happier and better uh now that the beast is gone the, the woodsman gets his daughter back and the uh the couple from the schoolhouse uh goes to a little a little circus and uh there's 
everybody's good and happy and it's fine. It probably didn't happen, but everybody's good and happy. And that's it. That's it. That's the whole kit and caboodle. That's the um, whole show. The whole perfect 10 episode show. We watched all 10 of them and you know I gotta ask it. Hey, Andy. Hey, Ronnie. These two episodes of Over the Garden Wall, did they work for you? They do. Uh, I remember the first time seeing them and having like my mind blown with both of these episodes. Uh, the one-two punch of it's modern day and then the one-two punch of like what the beast is like back-to-back mind explosions. Mm-hmm. Hey, Evan. Yes, Ronnie. These two episodes of Over the Garden Wall, did they work for you? Hell yeah. Excellent show. Good show. Near perfect, I would say. Everything is good about this show. I have no complaints. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah, hey, yeah. Did these two episodes of Over the Garden Wall work for you? Great job, y'all. Great job. <laughs> first first time Andy didn't throw a butts in there, I think. Yeah. There's still time. There's still time. There's still time. No, it ended on me. Wow. Well. I kept it um, on the straight and narrow, Ronnie. I'm very, I like the rules. <laughs> you do. You do that. Uh, yeah, these two episodes are good and fun. Um, and not fun. Uh, no, there was fun. I, I, the, the, uh, we had talked about last time, like my prediction for it, and I was pretty close, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. I was pretty close. Yeah. You basically called it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there, there is a lot going on that made me have a lot of feels and a lot of emotions. Uh, and now in the kind of, uh, reflection of it all, I've got a lot of feels and a lot of emotions still that will never be resolved. Um, Unless I get on that AO3, because I'm sure this is big on AO3. Hmm, um, I actually don't know. It's uh, it's pretty self-contained, so yeah, that's true. I don't know. Uh, there's a, there's a there's a one ring in here. There's a one ring. Somebody could could pick something out and run with it. I uh, I saw some over the garden wall cosplayers at the Ren Fair this past weekend. Mm, yeah. yeah, cosplay is very still common. still big. Still, you see you see it in cosplay everywhere. Still. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's good. It's good. I like it. Fun and sad and emotionally charged, and I like it. And it's good. What a what an ending. Yeah. Extremely. All those, ana- all those anachronisms really make sense. Yeah. Um. It's uh. It's very narratively satisfying. It really like really it really buttons itself up they did like i I imagine having 10 11 minute episodes is limiting but they Mm -hmm. really like they 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 packed everything they needed to all all in there it's very Mm -hmm. it's very clean storytelling Mm -hmm. uh all your plots are resolved uh things that were introduced in the very first episode like get revealed and paid off all the way through um, and then, like, 
Also, like I was saying before, I didn't want to get too deep into this because, like, obviously the last episode, or second to last episode is kind of a twist. Like you said, you called it, Ronnie, so it wasn't, like, that out there. Sure. But, um, yeah, the metaphors for, uh, like, growing up and, like, taking responsibility and, like, uh, you know, learning to... Um, learning to deal with things that are scary, uh, stuff like that. It all, it all really, like, comes together very neatly. But also just, like, death. Yeah. And, like, you know, the, the, the ways in which we need to better understand that at different phases of our lives and, and the ways that we can kind of uh, become, like, you know, uh, work much older uh, than Greg and much more jaded, uh, a little bit more like accepting of quote unquote death and accepting himself moving on. Whereas, you know, Greg was, was not at any point accepting of that and did not lose hope um, of getting home. Um, and that, you know, you could chalk that up to just like childhood innocence, but at the same time, it's just like not having a full understanding of this thing and not seeing why you would ever give into it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, uh, Wirt's, like, most central character arc throughout the, um, throughout the show is that he's a pessimist, you know? He's very, right. he's negative. He always assumes that everything is going to work out worse. Like, the worst option is what's going to happen. Like, and this is, you know, reflected in his, uh, his fear about, Sarah and the thing about his tape he's like my you know my clarinet playing and my poetry is bad actually and I'm not gonna put myself out there ever because uh I'm gonna get rejected and humiliated there's a a bit that I think is very relatable to anybody who has ever been a teenager where he's like oh no uh like so and so at school oh he says that uh Jason Funderburger is gonna ask out Sarah and then they're going to date, and then Sarah's going to find my tape, and then they're going to listen to it together, and they're going to laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh. And, like, I think everybody has felt that. I mean, certainly not everybody has made a, a tape of their clarinet playing in poetry, but everybody, everybody has felt the, the like, the sensation that somebody who they care about deeply is, uh, like, making fun of them. Like, because they are, though. What? They are. I mean, like... I asked out Chelsea junior year of high school, and her and her friends made a movie making fun of me. Hash this out. And Let's they, figure it out <laughs> and now. They, and they played it before worship at youth group on Thursday oh, night. Doofa. They played it in front of the entire youth group. Um, okay. People... It's fine. I was cool. <laughs> you went, what, that was one step in the chain that led you to being married to me. So, uh, I'm not, uh, I'm sure that that oh. sucked. Oh, I also, like, I have been humiliated by my peers many times in, like, I in school. I was so dweeby that some of the popular girls, like, asked me to be their Valentine on Valentine's Day. And then next period, one of the other popular girls asked me, and I said yes. And then I told that girl 
actually, I already told your other popular friend that I was her Valentine. And so I would have to like check with her to make sure that that would be okay. Is like what the words that came out of my mouth of just complete lack of awareness that this is a thing that they're taking very seriously. And I also ought to, because here's my chance. They were all laughing at me. Um, yeah, no, I, like, also, like, in uh, middle and high school, I was asked out as a joke several times. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I am an adult now, and I know that, like, none of that really matters. Like, yeah, that was a, that was a uh, traumatic experience for me as a child. But also, I had, like... I had good friends who cared about me and like I now have good friends who care about me and like in the grand scheme of things that does not matter. I will say that in the grand scheme of things uh, Chelsea and her friends making that video making fun of me and playing it to everyone at youth group uh, it was like a crash course in well asking someone out can never be worse than this. And from that point on, I did, like, pretty much never have fear about asking someone out. So uh, it really hardened me up. It hardened you. And what I do is I look back and say, that that kid was pretty tweeby, but I got hot. And now I'm hot. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and to, qu- to quote my, my muse and savior, Taylor Swift, I bet you think about me. <laughs> you're in your slut era and you're thriving, Ronnie. Hell yeah. I have several times considered going to my high school reunions. The problem is that, like, I am fully unrecognizable. Even if I told people who I was and that I had transitioned, I think most of the people I, like, casually was acquainted with in high school would have a hard time putting that together in their brains. Like, even if I spelled it out for them. So I, I just feel like it would be kind of exhausting but um, yeah, I have many times considered like revenge attending my high school reunions because uh, I also got hot. Uh, mm-hmm. I look I look a lot hotter than I did in high school. So um, jokes on them, I guess. Um, but but yeah, my point was uh, <laughs> my point about over the garden wall um, was that uh, work like had this extremely relatable. Uh, like fear like everything like and he approached everything in his life with that like fear of being humiliated and fear of failing and uh like you know this sense that like everything's kind of pointless uh like nothing you know like everything's gonna turn out bad in the end um but at the end like he still he still hesitated of course like he still was like sweating about it but like the whole thing brought him to this conclusion that you know things can be okay after all like we we can win actually we don't have to we don't have to just suffer all the time uh it's go ahead i i just wanted this i know we're kind of freeform at the moment but i do want to drop in here uh the the jason funderburger reveal the, yeah. Uh, ha- hearing Wirt talk about Jason Funderburger uh, leads you to assume that he's some kind of like hot jock, and then there's a scene with a hot jock who is mm-hmm. not named, 
and you assume the hot jock is Jason Funderburger. And then um, in the next scene, it is revealed that Jason Funderburger is this scrawny little bowl cut, like floop. He's got like a floofy, floofy bowl cut looking mm-hmm. thing. And he's got a very silly, high, nasally voice. And it's just like, this is, this is the best reveal, perhaps. Of, like, this is the best character reveal of any television show ever. Because this is the man that work perceives to be the perfect man. <laughs> and also, like, he is well, he's well liked by his friends. Like, even though, like, in any other media, in, like, more conventional media, like, the, Jason Funderburger would be, like, the nerd that everybody makes fun of. He's got a lot of friends, and everybody seems to like him. And, like, Wirt is kind of correct that, like, he's he seems to be popular at school. Like, maybe Jason Funderburger is the perfect man. And uh, it all, it, I imagine it all comes down to confidence. Jason Funderburger really puts himself out there. I do like to that point of, like, Wirt's perception of his peers is not reality, though. Like, Wirt sees Jason Thunderburger as, like, this super cool, super confident guy. And, like, the viewer, we realize, like, no, Jason Thunderburger is awkward. And, like, the girl Wirt likes does not like him like No, she, she doesn't like him, but... She likes him as a friend. She does. Yeah. But Jason Funderburger is confident. Sure. Like, he does, like, he's at the party, and he's, like, doing... Vi- he's making like, moves. Yeah, he's yeah. doing silly things that Wirt does not have the confidence to do, and he still is, like, a nerd, and, like, a little bit, like, un- like he's going about it in a sort of a cringy way. I have no better way to describe it than a cringy way. But, like... He's going for it. He's putting himself to, out there. To my point about Wart and his perception, though, like, Wart feels like he is not well-liked. Wart feels very angsty and like an outcast. And, like, he is continually shown to not be, though. Like, the girls with the tape, who, you know, the one's an egg and the one is, like, I don't know, like a, a butterfly or she has, like, rabbit ears or something. Mm-hmm. Um... Like, Wirt is worried that they're going to make fun of him. And they don't. They actually, they're not teasing him when they tell him to ask the girl out. Uh, They genuinely think he should. And they go so far as to put the tape in Sarah's jacket for him. And then, like, the kids at the party, Wirt thinks that they're, like, making fun of him. And he couldn't possibly go into that party because uh, he's such an outcast and he's such a loner. And when he goes in after Greg... Everyone says hi to him. And they're like, oh, Wart's here. Hi, Wart. And, like, they're excited that he's there because they're his friends. And he, like, this this poor emotional boy can't wrap his mind around that. The fact that, like, he is well-liked. And, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, it's... Uh, I also wanted to point out, in that same vein of, like, Wart uh, just being, like, extremely negative and pessimistic, um... He, he says a couple of times that, like, Greg and Greg's dad, who is his stepfather, like, ruined his life. And, like, they're, they're like, making everything harder. And um, Greg points out that, like, he, he, he Wirt was complaining that, like, his stepdad wanted him to join marching band. And Greg was like, 
yeah, that's because Sarah's in marching band and we thought you might get to hang out with Sarah more. Like if you joined marching band, because like presumably Wirt is angsting all the time at home about being in love with Sarah and his stepdad, as far as we know, very helpfully suggested like, oh, maybe you should join marching band and then you get to hang out with your new her and you have something in common. And Wirt perceives this as like, just the worst, like, just the worst thing, like, oh my god, my stepdad is trying to get me to join marching band, trying to control my life. Um, also, I'd like to point out that, as we learned in the frog boat episode, Ward is very good at the clarinet. Mm -hmm. And uh, the mixtape he made is not a mixtape, it's his poetry reading and clarinet playing that he performed for Sarah. So, like, Music is also clearly very important to him. Which is part of the whole thing where, like, we keep referring to Wirt as this, like, pessimist and very negative. But it's like, a pessimistic negative person doesn't go so far as to, like, make the tape. Like, so, like no, he's there a is, ironic like, hero. He is very emotional and dark and brooding. He's not... Right. It, it's it's just, like, this, this level of, like, he clearly at some point, thought that the clarinet and poetry was good enough to record, good enough to, like, prepare for Sarah, and then, like, he decides he's, he, he lacks the confidence to give it to her, or, or he, you know, the pessimism, I guess, gets in the way. But, like, there's so, you know, this is not just simply, like, a lack of confidence in him thinking that everything's going to go terrible and, and everything's bad. Like, there's, like, just the moment that occurs to him. Like, it's it's like a wall. Like, oh my goodness! It's like a wall that he can get right up to, but he can't get over it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and once he does get over that wall, he's able to tap into what, you know, it brings him confidence and what is able to, like, uh, really... Uh, bring his goals within reach um it, it it i think that like in the whole show um i i don't want to like uh be too semantically driven but like the way that he talks to beatrice the way that he he discusses things like he feels like things are gonna go bad but that doesn't stop him from like putting the effort forth and like attempting to take those steps there's there's such an interesting character study to be done with Wirt and like who Wirt sees he is versus the mask that Wirt puts on as a defense mechanism which I think is that pessimism more than it is innate to him um I just there's there's so much there like th th I, I think maybe the reason why he hates this idea of marching band so much of his, his stepfather pushing marching. He's always pushing me to be in marching band. And it's like, that's the worst thing he can think of that his stepfather's <laughs> done, which is like, Wurt's like, yeah, I've been thinking about doing marching band, but now that you think I should do marching band, like there's just, there's a wall there. There's a wall that he cannot get over. He cannot accept things. Even if he believes them, he cannot accept the reality of them. And I think it's such an interesting character study to like follow him through the unknown in all of the ways that that like stumbles him and also like gives him the opportunity to prove himself. That was very insightful, Ronnie. 
there's a lot he gets of over the there. wall. He I gets, didn't even plan that. I was just like, there's some kind of wall, and if only he could get over it he, <laughs> out of the garden. This is like, uh, like Charlie Day meme. He gets mm-hmm. over the wall. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do your cats make too much noise. <laughs> uh, there's something going on with like the woodsman and themes of loss and yeah. Uh, yeah, the, dealing with that and working through that mm-hmm. and his inability to accept this loss has led to more children being harmed and like unintentionally like the woodsman did not know that he was hurting people the woodsman was not trying to hurt people but the the beast in his life was leading him to do it and carrying this torch for his lost daughter and needing to keep that torch lit was hurting people uh and it's very sad uh it's very emotional and the beast is very scary and also very sexy (laughs) there is there is definitely like to to follow down that path like the idea of grief and the idea of of loss and like the woodsman is carrying this torch for his daughter to keep her spirit alive and then you realize that no much like grief, a lot of times you are carrying this for you. Like you Mm -hmm. are doing this for yourself. And even if you are harming others in the process, like it is, you know, you can scapegoat it as well. I'm doing this for my lost loved ones. And it's like, you need to, you need to accept things. Yeah. I feel like people approach uh, like punitive justice that way a lot. Like if they say like, Oh, we need to get a conviction in this case for, the victim of this crime um when in reality it's like a catharsis for their loved ones that like their living loved ones who like it is and i to be clear i'm this is a very like serious topic and i'm not in any way like criticizing people who like feel this compulsion but it like it is essentially like vengeance like these people like are coping with grief in a way uh, that leads them to like want the perpetrator to be harmed as much as possible, like whether physically or emotionally, like they want they want them in jail or they want them killed or whatever. Um, uh, so yeah, it's a it's a very apt metaphor. We see this a lot. Yeah, and like the beast being the one in the lantern. Like if the beast is his manifestation of his depression and his grief and his loss. And the beast is the one manipulating him to cut down these trees, which are, you know, other victims. And to keep the lantern lit. And the woodsman thinks that the lantern staying lit is keeping the memory of his daughter alive. When in reality, what it's doing is feeding the beast, which is this manifestation of his grief. Um, I don't know. It's, it's really fucking sad. And uh, it's really dark. And there's a lot to unpack there, and I feel like I like would need to watch this whole show again uh, yeah. to like he, for the third start, time start yeah, wrapping yeah. My, my head around it more fully. But uh, even even the best case scenario, even if you are not creating victims through your grief, the best thing that happens is you end up passing that grief along to somebody else mm-hmm. in some way, shape, or form, as as is almost done by Wirt before he kind of like breaks that cycle um 
which like again like that's that is an example for me of work like not really like work could say like yeah i guess this is just what i have to do everything's so terrible everything's bad like that's an example of work like kind of letting down that mask of pessimism being like no actually you know what like fuck that like like i know that that's not the best thing to do i'm not gonna pretend for everybody else i i like that his line there is wait that's dumb (laughs) yeah two things there uh one work does not defeat the beast he empowers the woodsman to do it himself Mm-hmm. And he doesn't force the woodsman to do it. He just says, like, here's your lantern back. I'm not involved. Like, you need to handle this on your own. And then the woodsman does it. And two, how does the woodsman do it? How does he defeat the beast? Uh, he shines a light on it and he confronts it. Mm-hmm. And like. And it's horrifying. Yeah. And it's it's horrifying and it's difficult. And he cries like it, it is emotionally hard for him to do. But then like shining that light on it and confronting it and doing the work to defeat the manifestation of his grief and depression and loss. We see him at the end and he's like sitting peacefully at his cabin. He's longer wandering the woods by himself. He's gone back home and he has other relationships there that he is able to like partake in now that his grief wasn't letting him to. His grief was leading him to wander the woods alone. Interesting. I saw that as his daughter. I just assumed he had more than one kid because his daughter's fucking dead or someone's right, in a well, But I, I, I saw that as that is his. I, I, I very. Um, here's the here's the Catholicism in me. The whole unknown feels very purgatorial. Um, and you know we know that Greg and Work go there when they are on the brink of death. Um, we know that the woodsman happens into that world when his daughter has passed away um or or he follow however however the woodsman gets into the unknown i i viewed that as uh he he moves on he moves well, on we all know that purgatory was only made up by the catholics to sell more indulgences so uh i don't uh, think purgatory love this, is real. love this new segment love I... this new um actually the bible <laughs> says segment i um I also perceived that, like, because, so, uh, at the very, very end of the episode, there's a voiceover that goes, like, and everyone was satisfied, and, like, everyone was happy, and that's the end of the story, and then we get a little, like, song as we go through a montage of what the people in the unknown are doing, and, uh, like, the lyrics of the song are something like, and that's the most beautiful lie. Um, mm-hmm. And that's when we see, like, we see a lot of little vignettes, but that's when we see, like, the the woodsman coming home and his daughter's there in his little cabin. So, yeah, I also interpreted that as, like, oh, wouldn't it be lovely if his daughter's soul was free now and now she gets mm-hmm. to, like, come back and be in his life rather than, like, this is another child he has who he was neglecting because of his quest that would have been another like very good way to sort of handle the grief metaphor 
I don't know that that's what they were going for. I I think if, I think it's a good interpretation. Like I I, I, I think, think it's that, a valid interpretation. I feel like that 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 lines up with like the victims that he is making while pursuing his own grief. Sure, I, I'm not saying it's like an objectively like wrong interpretation. I feel like if I were the um like if I were making the cartoon and I wanted to portray that like okay he's coming home to the remainder of his family that is still alive i would maybe have him have like a son or a wife just to make it clear that like these are other people because we never saw his daughter like we didn't know what his daughter looked like so this little girl who like came out to sit with him on the porch uh like could be the daughter who uh like got lost in the woods and became a tree and who's soul he thought he was carrying in the lantern or it could be another daughter that he has we simply do not know um but yeah i feel like if i were making this cartoon and i intended for it to be another family member i would have made it like a little bit clearer that it was definitely a different family member and not that very same daughter mm-hmm. um well she doesn't look like her soul was in a lantern yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't look quite that rumble. Oh, uh, according to this, it's and this is the Over the Garden Wall wiki. In the end of Over the Wall, after the woodsman extends the flame inside the Dark Lantern, Anna returned from wherever the beast had hit her. Okay, she appears in the looking... woodsman's own house, holding a lit candle, peeking through the door. Um, I am looking. I, I because I have seen this so many times over the past several <laughs> weeks. I've watched this. Uh, intro that goes through it's 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 extremely interesting because it is echoed in the finale um a lot of the the same vignettes they create uh at the intro are kind of rounded back to at the end uh but there is a a half second scene of a girl at a well um and who is unmistakably the woodsman in the background chopping wood um and it, it is the same the same girl uh, apparently there's a comic that reveals, like, the woodsman's history and stuff. I read a whole bunch about the comic and all this, and it's like, I, I, I typically do not, like, have a problem with, like, extending on the universe, but this universe is so tight. Yeah, I agree. I was just about to say, we don't need a comic. Like, everything the show wanted to say is very neatly, tightly packaged into the show. We don't need backstories on these characters. We We know the arcs that they went through, like, everything that was important to this story has already been very neatly very skillfully included in the show oh i hate i hate this explanation in the comic book exploration of the woodsman's history it is revealed that anna was never a captive of the beast but ran back to her house and left her cape behind her father who did not return to the house did not discover that she was all right and instead believed the beast's lies so the beast said that oh she fell in the well she 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 drowned da, 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 da. i i i know i know like that's that's I, bad and i inferred from the show that her soul was never in the lantern it was always the beast's soul in the lantern yeah. and he just lied but right. um i interpreted like i interpreted all of that as her in fact being dead and the little vignette at the end just being like there's the whole the they're saying very clearly repeatedly in the lyrics that like what what we're seeing in the unknown is not real you know it's all like the the song is telling us that like this is a metaphor for people like learning things like this this whole like experience was a metaphor for work 
and Greg growing as people and like facing their fears specifically were like more work than Greg, but like this, I, It just, it, it's not as satisfying, uh, it's not as satisfying when, like, it, you're like, oh, well. Let's explain it was, all. It, this metaphor for grief actually involved nobody dying, JK. It, it was just a big misunderstanding. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I accept that explanation in the sense that, like, there's no other explanation if that is the conclusion that the show is drawing, but I also don't accept the conclusion that 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 the that that creator or that like, you know, person is drawing from this. I don't accept that interpretation, even if it is like the official interpretation. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I, my version's better actually. It is your version's better. Yeah. I so my I don't know about I don't know if this is true. My assumption though is that uh, the show was a big hit. And Cartoon Network decided to capitalize on that monetarily by having sure. somebody write a comic book. And the person writing the comic book had to flesh something out somewhere. And so they yeah. made some choices. Uh, so but that's the I, thing. I, I would don't... so much rather them, like, find the one ring. You know what I mean? Find, like, the scissors. How did the scissors mm. come to be? Like, who who is the person who made the magic? Tell me more like... about Adelaide and Auntie Whispers. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, that. I would much rather, like, play in this world instead of involving folks who are obviously not denizens of the world like we like greg like the woodsman um well if i was gonna write a comic i would just have two other random kids end up there sure yeah i i think and i think that um there is a a excellent uh case for this if anyone has ever watched um infinity train mm -hmm. um very good series deals with a lot of the same concepts in in far different ways but they as they expound upon that series they don't like put the same people through it they put people who like cross paths through it but like it's a new you know new batch to, to have their own it's like adventures. narnia new kids are always falling in there yeah <laughs> um yeah i i i I see this as purgatory. I see this as a real place. I see this as like Craig and Wirt had a shared experience. Uh, mm -hmm. Jason Funderburker, the frog, has has the bell in his belly. Uh, so much of this happened. So much of it is still very Ozian, um, mm -hmm. where like elements from the real world carry into what we are experiencing, what we are seeing. Um, when they're going into the party, uh, two people are randomly outside talking, and one guy's like, "Yeah, there's lots of bat and ball games outside of baseball. There's one old cat, there's two old cat, and two old cat is the very nonsense game that Greg plays with the hooky animals in the <laughs> schoolhouse episode. That like it's very clear Greg doesn't really understand how that works, but like this is just like what else would two old cat mean? We just mm -hmm. find two old cats. Yeah. Um." Another thing that's really cool is that um, uh, Sarah is, for Halloween, dressed as a skeleton, much like the skeletons we see in um, episode two in the uh, Hard Times at the Huskin Bee episode. Mm -hmm. um, and Sarah is a mascot. And so she is constantly putting on and taking off this head much like the pumpkins heads oh, of the of the skeletons in Husking Bee in Pottsfield Ronnie, Town. You cracked it. You cracked all I, over the garden wall. Yeah. 
Is there any more weird little thingies like that? Oh, I'm sure I would have to watch it again. But like the I mean, you know, the rock is a little bit more, you know, obvious because that is a piece of the real world that comes with Greg. Mm -hmm. Um, Jason Funderburk, like the reason I think Jason Funderburker is eventually like what they call the frog is because Jason Funderburker, the person feels pretty frog like. And so Mm -hmm. uh, that that feels like a natural uh, carryover. Um, there's 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 probably more. I would I would love to to dig. It's it's so wild because it's only eleven minutes, but I'm sure there are layers and layers of what is happening there. I feel like the cop um, has got to be something. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. What about I, I, was Beatrice in the real world at all? Was there? Was I don't there think there? that. That's I, a good question. Beatrice I, is the only. God. I was gonna say I love seeing her family. Yes, that like that whole bit is very good. Mm-hmm. Beatrice feels very much like a denizen of of the unknown, mm-hmm. in a way that everyone else is not. Um, just based on her story and how she came to be there, and and you know her knowledge of of things that are happening there, um, and because it is uh, revealed at the end, I don't know if it. I would say that it was it was it was uh, intended that way that the old grist mill that the um, woodsman had occupied had been unoccupied because that was the family house of Beatrice and her family. Oh, um, they do kind of like a, a a panning shot of that at the end when she's kind of looking out the window with her family. Um, Beatrice's family is so big. <laughs> It's There's a lot big. of them. There's so many when bluebirds. When she said that her family had been turned into bluebirds, I was imagining like five of them. And when they yeah. cut to word in the bluebird nest, there's like 30 or 40 of them. There's so many bluebirds. Yeah. Yeah. I also, this is something that like I should have like keyed in on last time because we knew that Beatrice was a human turned bluebird. And so she had not been a bluebird for all that long. But like the amount of times where she like points out like, no, this is just what bluebirds do. These are the bluebird rules. These are the it's it's good luck to have bluebirds. And it's just like all of that's just bullshit. All yeah. of that is she's just, just trying nonsense. to trap them as boy slaves for Adelaide. Right. And she's like, right. yes, I'm just a bluebird. You can trust me. It's fine. Yeah. And that there's 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 so many pieces that really uh, I enjoy. There's there's a lot with like Quincy Endicott that like Quincy Endicott's name is on on the tombstone. That um, that's another one. Yeah. Quincy Endicott's name is on the tombstone that um, Wirt is kind of peering over in the cemetery scene. Um, That is actually a like there's a grave right next to Quincy Endicott that is unmarked. And there's like some like elements there that I, I that that is a TikTok that I have seen. And I will have to dig back up to like find out what they were trying to um posit there what they were trying to like theorize um but yeah that that is that is an element of it um all of your t-swift investigation skills have like really sharpened you for over the garden when, ball, right? Right. <laughs> when when you are like i saw a uh, uh y'all have have pointed out the very much like uh QAnon for for uh for whatever <laughs> but QAnon like, for, for wine moms QAnon for, for- QAnon for people who were a pleasure to have in class. Yes, yes, very much that. And so we can expand that elsewhere, other places. Uh, um, art, artistic uh, 2014 animation certainly fits into that oeuvre. Mm-hmm. QAnon um, for theater kids. 
I love that Greg's an elephant. Yeah. It's, it's never, I mean, obviously it's never explained. And I, and I, I think I would have been like totally content with it never being explained, but Greg's just like, I'm an elephant. See? And it's just like, yes, you are. You poor, you, you beautiful, poor, sweet boy. <laughs> what was the name of the, the woman who made him do chores and he stole a rock from old lady something or other. Yeah. He called her old woman something. And he, yeah. she's like, Please don't call me old woman. And he's like, mm-hmm. yes, sir, young man. <laughs> Greg's great. Mm-hmm. I, I like and I say this like in terms of like it, it. He almost doesn't fit into the narrative. I mean it like that. But he's too pure for this world. He's 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 he, he's almost literally too pure for this world. He almost doesn't fit, but I will accept it. Um, Gosh, there's so much. I would love to just sit here and like pick it apart and like really study it um the uh, gosh there's 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 like there's some things where like i want to know more and that could have been like it's hard times at the husking bee and if you husk the bee, you would get Sarah. I'm just realizing this all now. If you were to husk, take the husk off of the bee, skeleton Sarah's underneath of that. I'm sorry. I'm just kind of like my, my brain is just like free associating uh, at this point. Yeah, that's. The bee? Because she's a bee. Sarah's in a bee costume. That's their mascot. Oh. And, and the name of that episode is Hard Times at the Husking Bee. I missed Sarah. I, I remember them saying that Sarah was a mascot. I must have like missed her take, like her being in a bee <gasps> costume. Yeah, she's in a bee costume. It's very I was, silly. I was trying to make dinner at the same time I was watching this, so like, yeah, I, I, I got, I've seen it before. I got, I got all the stuff, but apparently I didn't get that stuff. They're gonna drink age-appropriate drinks. Age-appropriate oh, yeah. stuff that's not illegal. What? <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I understand exactly what, what is uh being said there oh right i can't do that i tried to take a screenshot of over the garden wall as it's playing right now but of course hulu's like hey fuck you <laughs> um right when jason we first see jason and Thunderburger, there's a random kid like staring into their conversation with glasses on and he's dressed as a bluebird oh mm. there's a lot of stuff here there's a lot of stuff and I love it. And I'm going to watch this show so many more times. The the tiny child that you have is going to force you to watch this show so many times. It's the best thing that that tiny child has done for me. Um, <laughs> I love that tiny child, but yes. Look, it, it, you don't have to you don't have to pretend like tiny children have good taste in television shows. Uh, so you don't have to you don't have to put the qualifier of like, oh, I love my child, but. Like, it's fine, Ronnie. Children's shows are terrible. This show is good. Like, this is the only good children's show. Not everyone gets this, and I and I feel very blessed for it. My child is very susceptible. Like, I, I, I can I can coax my child into liking just about anything if I if I frame it the right way. Sonic. We were watching Sonic all day. Uh Ninja Turtles. We were watching Ninja Turtles all day. Like, I I'm not saying that she has good taste. But she decidedly has my taste because I have made her do that. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I, 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 it's, it's hard to like sit here and try and put a button on this because there's just so much that like is left to, there's so much meat left on this bone, despite the fact that like these bones are very lean, mm -hmm. lean, lean bones, um, that we, bones to sort. Hollow bird bones, like a blue Hollow bird. bird bones. Um, they're light, they're swift. We talked about doing a, uh, no pun intended, a post-mortem on this show. Um, and I think we will have to do that with some guests and some people who have like done some more analysis of this show. Because there's so many things that I think are ripe for the picking. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I agree. Uh, anything else that stuck out to you is like just a real, is there any, any, any like negatives, anything we did not like love about this episode honestly no this is very nearly a perfect show with the exception mm -hmm. of that like one sort of like weird animation dream episode that i wasn't crazy about even mm -hmm. that though it's not like it it's not like yeah it really i watched that again it, it, it didn't really bother me at all yeah <laughs> i understand your concern but um one thing i will say here is we did talk about last time um that there were no characters of color mm -hmm. um in reading more about things Sarah is canonically black. Um, you can see on her her neck and her hands that her hands are are a darker color. Um, but also, then you covered her with face paint, and so mm -hmm. like, not not ideal. Not I thought the best. she was wearing gloves. It is. It was. I I I also read on the wiki um, that she is that you can see on her hands. Uh, that she is black and that it was also it's also explicit in the comic she doesn't have her makeup on and she is mm. uh she's black okay so we got uh one one character in the last two episodes yeah so, yeah uh could A have been worse character could have been but worse who but is, could have been better yeah she's very zoe saldanyad as well you know um Yeah, uh, so I'll, I'll give him a, a C. Mm -hmm. A C minus for representation. I think a D. I think a D. Like, it's, it's, it's you know, um, but still, but still. Um, yeah, I just want to sit with it. It's, 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 it is a, a, it is a warm drink. It is, it is so cozy. It is something that I can just literally watch again and again and again and i'm gonna take something else away from it and i'm also gonna be very comfortable show good show good show very good um yeah yeah we'll talk more about it very soon um Thank you for, for listening into our, our surface level analyses as we just kind of uh, word vomit um, or, or y'all support my word vomit of just having seen this and learning. And, and we act, we did it. We did a popcorn night. We did a movie night. I said, Lila, we're going to watch we're going to watch the end of Daddy Spooky show because she was a very, very patient child and let Kirsten and I watch all of the Phillies, uh, the Phillies uh, World Series clinching uh, win. And so. Sports. She was treated with 
she was treated with another thing that I very much enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> Good news, child. You get to watch mm-hmm. something that daddy likes now. And then, um, as if to, like, put a bullet on why it's so important to me that Lila likes what I like, Kirsten goes, wait, we're watching from episode one? And I was like, damn right we're watching from episode one. Kirsten wouldn't have it. That's why I've got <laughs> Lila. Um, uh, yeah. Tune in next time. We're going to do something else, whether it's more Over the Garden Wall or a new show, and we'll come back to Over the Garden Wall at another time. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll be here. Um, uh, Andy and I are going to be out of town for uh, until, until Wednesday of next week. So, that's fine. Yeah. We'll figure something out. This yeah. isn't dropping until Monday of Halloween, so yeah. um, we'll, we'll figure something Plenty out. Time. Yeah. 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 Um, Happy Halloween! Happy, Happy Halloween. Halloween! Oh yeah, today is Halloween! That's Give us your Halloween <laughs> rock fact. I should have I should have uh, um, I should have prefaced <laughs> our episode with this is dropping on Halloween so we could be a bit more thematic, but how how much more thematic can you be than this show? Yeah, that's the whole point of doing the that show. That was why that's we why did we, it. We, that's <laughs> why we did it this time of year, yeah. Yep. Um, I want to give a quick shout out to a uh, new Patreon subscriber. <gasps> oh, a new patron! A new patron! A patron of our art. Uh, Rami, thank you so much for subscribing to the Patreon. You can do that. Anybody can do that. It's uh, it's really the, the you the, the, too can support ending pending a hundred indulgences to you. <laughs> <laughs> you can escape purgatory by uh, subscribing to our Patreon. Uh, that's at patreon.com slash WTM radio. Uh, Two dollars a month is all you need to get you uh, most of the goods. And then there's other perks at other levels. Um, uh, big fan of the podcast, big friend of the podcast, Nate, uh, suggested that we do a, uh, I don't know whether it's a, just a discussion or a commentary of Wizard of Oz altogether. Um, and then watch the extremely dark and twisted Return to Oz, mm. uh, which is kind of a, a spiritual sequel uh, that is not intended to be as dark and spooky as it ended up being. It's not a horror film. It's just weird. Cool. Uh, so maybe that'll be a Patreon exclusive. Maybe that'll be a stretch goal. Who knows? Thanks, Nate, for that uh, suggestion. And you can make suggestions, too, as long as you then back up your suggestion with. <laughs> and I'll also uh, put forward my two dollars for the for the way they may radio Patreon. Patreon.com slash WTM radio. Uh, Ronnie, how much are we making a month on Patreon right now? We're uh, currently at 48. We get to 50 bucks, and uh, I'll consider it. All right. All right. Because being able to tell people I ha- I've never seen Wizard of Oz, that's like a fun little party trick I that got to is, do. That is, yeah. Uh, so if I'm going to give that up, I want to be making at least 50 bucks a month. Yeah, you me. need to be compensated for that yeah. lack of uh, loss of that $2 will make cultural ignorance. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at Pending Pod. You can follow us on Instagram at Ending Pending, and uh, check out wherethemade.com for uh, links to all the other shows on our network. Uh, network, I believe today is is uh, Halloween. That also today dropped a new episode of uh, Good Neighbors. 
the scheduling gods are trying to fuck us right now, but if yeah. we can we can land this goddamn plane, then yes, today is also dropping a new episode of you, Good Neighbors. You know what's cool is people could pause this episode and go listen to Good Neighbors right now as they're listening to it, and you haven't even recorded Good Neighbors yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's really stressing me out, Ronnie. You're not time wrong. travel. Time travel is weird. Yeah, that's what I'm focusing on. I'm not focusing on the fact that you haven't recorded it yet. I'm st- I, I I I cannot be stressed out until you do record it because then it's my responsibility. Yeah, then it's your responsibility. But it's, if, while you're not recording it, there's no skin off my nose. I'm good. Yep. Yep. Um. We're but yeah. We're new, just... new good neighbors. Go listen to it. A new, new campaign starting. Evan, I assume that there will be a new uh, fan fiction is good actually very soon. Any minute, Ronnie. I I intended to finish editing it last night. Uh, if I have the mental energy, I will do it tonight. Listen, but I'm like, listen. Yeah. If as long as Andy's not on your podcast, there's no pressure. There's no pressure whatsoever. Um, once Andy's on your podcast, there is immense amount of pressure applied applied by Andy. Um, I'm not applying but, pressure on anyone. But, but arguably not enough, I would say. <laughs> um, uh, there's going to be two episodes. Uh, I split it into two episodes. Love that. Very yeah. exciting. It, the first one was an hour and a half long, and the second one was almost an entire hour. Like, the bit that we were supposed to insert as just a fun little bit became its own whole episode. So I'm just editing both of them. I love it. I yeah. love it very much. Fan fiction is good, actually. Good Neighbors. Forced Friends Rewatch ending pending more coming soon to the where they may radio network you can check it all out at where they um and until next time andy how do we end these podcasts happy halloween trick-or-treat something i don't know spooky spooky Where they may radio.